0: Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase
2: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
3: You got problems that you ought
2: to be concerned with.
3: You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the
0: only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Gabe S. Dunn. Hello and welcome to Bad with Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm your host, Gabe S. Dunn. This week we have the host of the Journey to Launch podcast. Jamila, will you tell my audience who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Jamila Soufran.
3: I am the host of the Journey to Launch podcast, where I help people launch the financial independence and enjoy freedom along the way. And I just wrote a book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, a step-by-step guide to achieving wealth and happiness. And I'm excited and nervous at the same time.
0: Well, it comes out in December, you said, right? Yeah, December 5th. It's going to be available everywhere. And we were talking about how like book launch is a very crucial, nerve-wracking time. So I don't envy you, but it is exciting.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so much as you know, it's a lot of work and a lot of years and it's all coming down to now, okay, the world is going to finally get to see what I've been working on. And so it's really exciting.
0: So I want to start at the beginning because I'm always interested in people who come from like immigrant families or people who come from backgrounds that aren't necessarily set up for financial freedom aka like don't have a trust fund all of that so can you talk about like how like how you grew up and like what what I guess up to what started your journey as like a finance educator Sure.
3: So I was born on the beautiful island of Jamaica and I was born to a single mom. She had me pretty young. She had me at 20 years old, which by the way, as a mom now who started in her 30s having kids, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. And she was presented with the opportunity to come to the United States, to New York. And they didn't have papers for me because when her father filed for her, I was not, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't conceived yet. And so when he okay. came back and gave her this option of, oh, by the way, your papers came through, but I don't know who this child is because I didn't know you were pregnant. Do you want to go? And she only had, uh, you know, a few days to make a decision if she was going to leave me behind in Jamaica and or and come to the U.S. to make a better life for herself or stay. And she chose to come and she left me behind for a few months. And I was about eight months old when that happened. And she came to try to establish herself. And she worked and she toiled and, you know, did what she could. And finally, I was Able to come and join her. So that just shows like for me, you know, I came here or she came here with really nothing and worked her way through the system back in the day when there were no internet. There was no internet and she had to go through the phone book to understand what resources were out there. And so I grew up not having a lot of material resources. But I say that I had something a lot more powerful and impactful. And that was a mom who really loved me and cared about me and did not want to repeat what she had to go through growing up, meaning she was not allowed the ability to express herself or be really free with the way she was raised. And she wanted more for me. And so despite being a single mom, being young, she was very determined to to do her best. And so that meant going to the library and doing a lot of things for free and then gaining knowledge from people around her. So my grandmother, who also immigrated here, used to watch wealthy kids for a living. And she used to come home and tell my mom, you know, these wealthy people, they make me read to their kids every night. And then my mom started doing that for me. And so Mm -hmm. grew up Mm -hmm. in really humble beginnings. But the thing I learned about money from, I think just observation, because it was never explicitly said, was that money is very important and you need to save it in order to have a chance to build a future here. And I took that with me throughout, you know, growing up, Got my first job at 14, was a great saver based on what I saw my mom and grandmother be able to do when they got here and was working ever since. And I got my not lucky break, but I got I lucked up and got an internship in college with a program called Inroads, which places you in Fortune 500, 500 companies as an immigrant or as a person of color. And I was able to earn decent money. And so with that, I started to save and really just try to get ahead of where I was in college. And with that, graduated, I was able to buy my first condo at 22 years old in Dumbo, Brooklyn, and you know started to work full time. And even though I didn't wanna work forever, I knew that really early on, <laughs> that even though I liked money, I didn't wanna have to exchange my time and energy for it, but mm-hmm. I didn't understand how that could happen. Like I would have to work. And so I just started working. I thought maybe I can quit my job and try different things and be an entrepreneur or be rich and try different things on the side. Those never panned out. And honestly, I I wasn't intentionally on this journey that I am on now, this financial independence journey until my early 30s. And so I spent some time working in corporate America, kind of getting into the rat race of making money, earning more, paying bills, Mm -hmm. feeling stuck. Had a horrible commute, was commuting from Brooklyn to New Jersey, uh, about an hour and a half, one-way driving. And it was really being pregnant with my first child that I said to myself, this can't be my life. I need more opportunity. I need more options. And that's what prompted me to intentionally start my journey to financial independence.
0: Wow. Yeah, I imagine doing that commute while pregnant is not ideal. Oh,
3: my gosh, it
0: was (laughs) I
3: dealt with it when I didn't have responsibilities or a lot of responsibilities. But once I got pregnant and one day it took hours to get home and I was heavily pregnant, Mm -hmm. I had a breakdown in the car because Mm -hmm. I I remembered like this youthful me wanting to be free. And I said, I'll never work for anyone past 30 years old. And here I was 31 with this commute and felt locked into this job that I didn't love. And so I was like, this can't be it. (laughs) And so I I was like, I got to figure out my escape plan. And that's essentially what I did.
0: Wait, you thought to yourself, I don't want to work for anyone else after I was 30? I did think that because, again,
3: so my mom, so she, even though she was not equipped or enabled to be her full self, and she will say that, and I talk about that in the book, she allowed me to be that. And so I always had big dreams. And I thought, you know, I am going to be someone, or at least I'm not going to work for anyone. I always thought that, like, I can work for myself, but I don't want to be... Working for anyone else. And so even when I started working in my 20s, I saw the people around me and they were so miserable in their 40s and 50s working. And all they did was come to work to get the paycheck and they were waiting for retirement. And I said, this is not going to be me. And I declared in my 20s, I'm not going to work for anyone past 30 years old. But I didn't know how to make that true because I was either I could marry rich and win the lottery, maybe I didn't play the lottery or build a business like a million dollar, billion dollar big business. Mm -hmm. And everything I tried in my 20s failed or I didn't follow through. Mm -hmm. And so at 29, you know, when I got married, finally, I said to myself, well, I guess this dream of mine has to die because how else am I going to make a living or do well for myself without working for someone else?
0: Wow, that's so interesting that you even knew that was an option. I feel like I didn't figure out that there was an option to not work for other people until I was like 30 or something.
3: Well, you know, it's funny but because I think that I think the options of what I thought I could do to work for myself were more traditional. Traditional. I mean, of course, like this, what I'm doing now, I didn't know that I could do full time and make a living out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, having a podcast and writing a book and being a personal finance educator that I did not understand. So the other ways that I started to learn about entrepreneurship wasn't really by anyone in my life because no one was an entrepreneur. It was through, you know, maybe online or reading books and watching TV. But I really got a sense of what was more possible once I started my financial independence journey and saw more online entrepreneurship happening for other people.
0: Do you think having that internship allowed
3: you to see that too? No, not really. So I work, I interned in corporate America and it was the same job that I interned for that hired me full time. Mm. I think what it allowed me to do was have a really strong financial foundation. And so I always like to say, that we all have privileges and, you know, some a lot more than others. And my privilege in this regard was I did have a decent and well-paying job with a with an income trajectory that I, I made good money. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I felt like even though I was making that money, though, it, I really saw that money was not equal to happiness or freedom Mm -hmm. and that i more valued my time and energy freedom but in order to have that i needed money to pay my bills and so that was where i was stuck with how do i make that come true and it wasn't until i found out about the fire movement financial independence retire early movement when i came home and i was crying being pregnant at 31 you know i googled how to quit my job how to retire early. I didn't really know what that meant. And then I stumbled upon the movement and the blogs and podcasts. And I did not know that you can invest and manage your money to wealth. I thought you had to do it in a more exciting and, you know, fast way. So for mm-hmm. me, it was, it was a discovery that this was possible and that other people were doing it.
0: Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming and honestly i wish i had used indeed and i will use indeed in the future leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com badwithmoney terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quick math. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible, and the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney, netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. Netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen... I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something. And it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies. It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for discount so you can live Claritin clear. So that's interesting. So you saw people who were making good money, who were wealthy at your job, but were miserable and didn't know that there were other options I think that's maybe fairly common
3: yeah you know when I found out about financial independence I thought where was this all my life because if I Mm -hmm. knew about that I would have started being smarter with my money investing doing all the things earlier in my 20s where I wasn't as concerned about investing or thinking about the big picture Mm -hmm. because I thought you know you work to earn money to live your life and who cares about investing in a 401k or the money that you can't
0: use years from now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For people who don't know, how do you define financial independence? Yeah.
3: So, you know, financial independence in the pure sense is the ability to not have to actively work again for money because your investments, what you've invested and saved and accumulated over time in retirement accounts or just, Non-retire- non- non-retirement accounts allows you to live off of that investment. And so it's literally not having to work ever again. You're financially independent from a job, from people, from a, a partner. You are self-sustaining in paying for your lifestyle through your investments.
0: And what does that look like? You invest initially and then you sort of wait it out?
3: Yeah, so typically it does take a while depending on what I call your components in your financial independence formula that we all have that we don't know or we, we're not aware of as if you're not intentionally on the journey. But the more income you have to invest and the lower amount that you need to live determines how much you actually need, right? And so the quick rule of thumb is multiplying your annual expenses that you think you want to spend in early retirement or even just retirement by 25. So your annual expenses times 25. And that gives you... a big number depending on your expenses. And ultimately it's investing over time to get to that number through various vehicles, taxable investments, retirement investments and you know even businesses or real estate which might you know need a bit more work from you, but ultimately it's investing up to that number where that portfolio that you accumulated now, you can live off of the the dividends and the money that you can get from
0: it. And do you pull that money out when you need it? Yeah,
3: so that's the thing. You know, people have different ways in which they draw down on their investment or financial investment accounts or numbers. Some people, you know, they work and they don't. So my strategy was to invest money into this amount, just to this account Mm -hmm. and not have to touch it again. And I would have taxable money or money that I saved in order to cover our expenses. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they traditionally retire out of the workforce and they are pulling down from their portfolio every month. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on your strategy, maybe if you have a partner that's working or not, what your responsibility is, like how, the strategy you want to use. But it was something that I discovered or changed courses about what I wanted to do as I learned more about the movement. And I figured out you know that I needed a more flexible way to get to my ideal of Mm -hmm. freedom, which is why I mention in the book that, yes, the journey to financial independence seems very, can be unrealistic for a lot of people if they hear that, right? They calculate their number right now, right? Depending on their starting point, it feels like, wait a second, how much do I need? Like, you know, I'm in debt. I have all these things I need to do. And so breaking down the journey into more bite-sized stages, journeyer stages is what I call them, Mm -hmm. allow for the journey to feel more doable.
0: Yeah. I mean, so what would be the bite size stages? Yes. And it's funny because when I said bite size, I was like, mm, maybe I
3: shouldn't use the <laughs> word bite size because <laughs> even the stages, depending on your components and the things you have going for you, it can take, it can be different. It can range. So there are five stages that you need to go through to reach ultimate financial independence Uh, the first stage is getting to financial stability I call it the explorer stage it's where you maybe come in to this idea of financial independence but you cannot pay for your living expenses from your income Mm -hmm. so that might look like for someone who is always putting things on their credit card they can't pay for their expenses they're going into the red every month and so their mission or goal within this first stage is just to get the stability and be able to pay their expenses. Once you're able to do do that, the second stage that you move to is called the cadet stage or the debt freedom stage. Mm. But in this, I only include consumer debt. And so that'd be credit card or car loans, not mortgages, not student loans. And in this stage, you're working to become consumer debt-free. And once you become consumer debt-free, you can move to the third stage, which is the aviator stage. It's the stage where you're working on financial security. And so you are now able to invest more of your money into your retirement accounts or investments because you no longer have consumer debt and pay for your lifestyle, of course. Once you have a certain amount that you feel comfortable with, you can move to stage four or journey or level four, which is called the commander stage. This is where you have work flexibility. And so work flexibility means it's not that you don't have to ever work again for money, like in that final stage, but work becomes flexible. You have more options. So you can quit a job and walk away from something or someone that is not healthy for you. You can take a break, maybe to raise children or travel the world or try something else. So work becomes more flexible. And stage five is the ultimate stage. I call it the captain stage. If you can't tell already, I stayed true to my brand of <laughs> journey to launch and launching the with these with these titles, but the last stage is financial independence. You don't have to work ever again if you don't want to. And as you can tell, each stage is depend it, the length that it takes someone to go through each stage can vary depending on when you're listening to this. For me, I found out about financial independence when I was more in stage the end of stage 2 going on stage 3. So we had debt but I was able to pay that off quickly. And so my journey would look different from someone who's maybe starting at the first stage and doesn't have the proper income to support the things they need to do. And so it really depends like on the length of time and the components, but I really do believe that everyone can get to stage four, which is the work flexible stage and having more options. And stage five is still something I think a lot of people can get to or strive towards. But to me, the journey is you can't fail because- at every step, you're putting yourself in a better position to have more options, more flexibility, more freedom.
0: Do people, I feel like it's been so hard, like in your bio, it talks about interest rates rising and the recession and like prepping for disaster. And I keep thinking often about, or I think often about people who had things set up in a way that made them feel safe and then COVID hit. So like, can you, like, what, what do you say if someone's just you know it's not through any personal failing question you know I don't think any of it is through any personal failing if you get sick if you if something happens if you just even if you go through something where you're just spending and you're like oops I spent like whatever it is like is there flexibility on going back and forth between steps and how do you not get discouraged
3: yeah (laughs) Absolutely. So here's when I first found out about the FIRE movement, I adopted this more aggressive approach to I want to reach my financial independence number, you know, in seven years. I declared that when I was 33 years old Mm -hmm. and I said to myself, I'm going to invest and work in this job and save and invest all the money and realize that's not exact. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to invest or save half of my money. At this time I was growing my family. And so my, uh, my idea of what freedom looked like changed for me. My circumstances changed what I thought was more important changed. You know, I saw that. This was not going to be an enjoyable path if I kept working. And what I'll have is that people who will start listening to my stuff will say, you know, I like you because you, you've you changed your mind and you definitely just allow us or at least show us that you can change your mind too. And yes, there are going to be things outside of our control that we cannot account for. As much planning as we want to do in a spreadsheet or budget, life happens. Mm-hmm. And I feel that the journey to financial independence, as much as it is one that is an external one. So yes, you're looking at the numbers and you, know, you wanna make sure you're hitting these targets, but ultimately it's an internal one because while we're trying to build outside assets, we are our best assets. And what that means is everything else can be wiped away or taken from us. Mm-hmm. You know, This world is <laughs> a hot mess, okay? And the people in it. And you know, while there are great people here, it's just, there's so much we cannot account for no matter how well we do. And so what I want to focus on and what I try to encourage people to focus on is more of who they are and who they become on the journey, what things they discover about themselves. You know, someone can be in this beginner stage, stage one or two for decades, right. depending on where they are. And that's OK. I think what allowed me to be more flexible and to create these frameworks then helped other people realize that it's not just about getting, you know, to your financial independence number. It's about the journey and who you become and what you experience on the way there, and having what I say are the intangible factors that make the tangible e- even possible. So, a lot of this is okay. Income, you know, you want to increase your income, you want to optimize your expenses, you want to pay down debt, increase assets, all the things, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, well, yes, those are important. What's more important is what are your mind, what's your mindset, what's your day to day life look like? Are you happy? What are your habits that are supporting you and giving you a life that you feel good about? And so these internal, non-tangible things that we typically kind of ignore or don't want to do because mm-hmm. it's it's so much work in a way, but it's the only way it makes the tangible happen. And so I give grace from someone who, you know, was born to a mom who didn't have a lot and someone who recognizes my privilege, privilege based on what my mom did for me. Mm-hmm. I, like, I get it. I, and I... And I totally give room for people who want to take breaks, go backwards. (laughs) That's the whole point of the journey. It's it's life. Yeah.
0: Hey, guys. Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad free videos of our mailbag episodes extra writing from me blogs fiction other stuff things that i'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories and also now live hangs with me on zoom once a month so join the patreon and if you're not a member of the discord hop on over to the discord that's free the link will be in the description it's so fun so many of you guys talk over there it's like truly popping off Um, And if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang so I get to put a face to a name. So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn and come hang out with me. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know you've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize. Because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why The Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com/badmoney. That's M O N A R C H M O N E Y.com/badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right. You can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by The Corp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com/disclosures for details. We talk about this on the show a lot that like even just starting to be aware of stuff is like different or, or huge compared to other people, but not even compared to other people. Just it's a mountain of systemic problems and being aware of, okay, where is my money going? Why am I paying this bill this high? What's happening? I've talked a lot on this show about the fear of opening your mail like even just taking account of what's going on is like a a step that a lot of people do not want to take because it's scary. You don't want to you don't want to find out how far away you are, let's say, from your goal. But unless you know that, yeah. you can't really get to it.
3: Yeah, I think people have and I get it. There's there's a lot of fear around the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would actually surprise themselves where, yes, maybe you're not where you thought you would be, but that you're not as bad off as you think either. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the big things when you're thinking about the external part of the journey is assessing where you currently are. And it's definitely ripping off the bandaid in a way to get to the point of what needs to be done. I, I, I. I say there's a story in the book. It's a dog and the nail story where and it's not my story. It was Les Brown, author, wrote about it first in his book. And he talks about a passerby walking by a man with a dog on the porch and the dog is whimpering and it's on a nail. And so the passerby says to the man, why doesn't the dog just get up? And then the man says, because it's not hurting him enough yet. And. I definitely see, saw that in myself with my journey. So while I was unhappy in my 20s and kind of chugging along, one, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know that this was an option, but I also wasn't, I, I, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't bad enough for me to want to change. And now again, these are, everyone's going to be different, but for me, becoming pregnant And realizing I had almost this deadline before I gave birth and then would be stuck in this commute and then wanting to have more kids, I said to myself, I have to do something different. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of people, you know, it might just be you haven't had your moment yet where the nail hurts enough. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people come to their finances and want to do something when it's not too late. It's never too late. But when things are bad and what I want to encourage is that before it gets there because it doesn't even have to get that far, you can actually start making strides or realize that you're a lot further along than
0: you than you even think. Let's say someone's starting right now. What do you advise, like, from their paycheck that they should put into investing?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to depend on your expenses. It's going to depend on your, what, you know, who's depending on you. So that's another thing that is common between, you know, maybe people from different cultures or immigrants is the responsibilities of others in their family. And so while uh, maybe some other personal finance people would, you know, just say, don't do it. And while, yes, there is, there should be boundaries. Some of that is included in our culture. And so our ability to invest is going to depend on what we're responsible for or who we are responsible for. So I think ultimately looking at your full budget and separating what is your mandatory expenses from discretionary, so the things that you need to pay for to live versus the nice-to-haves and the things that make your life full will give you an idea of, do you have extra room in your budget to invest more than you are doing? And if you don't, then what can you do? You can either make more money or and or spend less. So typically the rule of thumb, especially if you follow the traditional FIRE kind of movement Mm -hmm. camp, or the one I first came into, it was invest half your income, which is a very privileged position (laughs) because a lot of people doing that obviously are earning a lot of money or at least enough to invest and live off of a lower amount. And so that doesn't have to be everyone's starting point. It can't be everyone's starting point. I think investing anything, especially if you're not someone who's typically invested or cared about your 401k, But to say, okay, let me log into this company retirement account and just see what my options are. You know, do I have a company match that I can invest up to? Maybe that's four percent of my income. And when I do that, how does it impact my take home pay? What -hmm. does that change? And am I able to survive still and live? Oh, I am. I still have some room or there's this thing I can cut out and do and then get more money to invest and do this thing. You know, I think ultimately people don't like the idea of investing for a lot of reasons. And I think it's on purpose through system and <laughs> society. But one of one of the things is, you know, income, there's but so much of it for some people. And so now you're telling people to put something away in this account That they can't see or touch potentially for decades, but they want to live their life now. Why would I, you know, why would someone do that? I didn't want to do that in my early 20s. And so it's realizing or helping people realize that investing for the future, if they're able to, allows them to live a life of freedom more today. Because if I didn't start my journey to financial independence, I wouldn't have been prepared to quit my job after having my third child. Mm -hmm. Because I would have just been starting my journey and then needing all the things that would help secure our lifestyle after having three kids. But because I started and I was already invested properly for the future at this point, I'm able to make better decisions about what I'm doing now. And so I know that the payoff seems far away, but for a lot of people, it's really understanding what are their goals? What's realistic for you? Not other people. Mm-hmm. So don't hear the word 50% and then be like, okay, yeah, this is not for wild. me. But okay. Right. But that's honestly, that's how... That's how I first learned about everything. And I thought to myself, wait a second. And started, I started to do that for two years and realized that, oh, no, this is not sustainable. I'm not not living in New York City, mm-hmm. not expanding our family with the husband who also does not necessarily is not <laughs> into this either right. in the way that I was. So we had to compromise. And so I just think a lot of it is going to be looking as yes, individual choice for yourself and who you're responsible for to figure out what is doable. Mm-hmm. And this journey does not have to happen and be completed in 5 years. It's not going to be completable in 5 years. Right. It can take 10, 15, 20 years and that's okay. It's more about what are your goals? What are you able to do? Take into account the life stage you're in, right? Are you are you starting a family? Are you sick of your job and you want to take a break? That's all going to impact how much you can invest or save, Mm -hmm. which is okay. It's just about being intentional about those choices and making them from a better perspective.
0: What do you think? Like, I mean, we've gone through on this show a few times, like, okay, so you open an investment (laughs) account, you go in and you do, you know what I mean? Like people, I mean, I really truly didn't even know where you went and looked for that. So like, do you think it's like going and opening an account for yourself and doing ETFs or what do you what what was your like beginning and how do you like advise people now cuz i'm sure in the beginning you were like i am not making the re-. like looking back you're like that was not correct.
3: Right. So that's the thing about investing is it's meant to feel and be more complicated than it actually right. is, especially with all the assets that they offer now. Even, you know, investing in a single stock which some people like love and do, i i I don't do that. I I invest in index funds. And so for me, it was what is the lowest cost sure quote unquote cuz everything's a risk when you're investing but you know as sure that just follows the market so an index fund is a type of mutual fund that follows the index of the the market that is invested in so you can buy an index fund that is a part of the S&P 500 mm-hmm. and it's literally just tracking all 500 of those stocks so you're not trying to beat the stock index you are just riding it along so when it does well your index does fund does well when it doesn't it doesn't but over time it does well and you can look at the history of the stock market and that even though if there when there were crashes or downfalls it went back up ultimately and so if you're a long-term investor which when you are investing for financial independence you become a long-term investor meaning you let that money invest and grow as long as it can you can afford to ride out those waves and with that perspective or knowledge for me it was simple to say okay index funds. I'm interested in that. How can I research more about what that is and what I should invest in or the type of investment accounts I should have so that I can invest in index funds. And you know, when I worked in corporate America, I looked at my options from my job and saw okay, they didn't have index funds, but they had something called target date funds and they had other types of low cost mutual funds versus the other more expensive things that they offered. And so it was going in and looking what my at the options, mm-hmm. seeing what were the like most simplest that had a record of, you know, not necessarily beating the market, but in line with the market. And then for my other accounts outside of my job, you know, a Roth IRA, mostly anyone can open Mm -hmm. that at a brokerage account or firm like Fidelity or Vanguard. And you, you know, log in, you create your account and you can start that way, picking low cost funds, index funds to get started. It doesn't have to be, oh, I need to invest in crypto (laughs) or I need to one stock that can beat everything. You know, I don't do that. I don't have the time or energy. I'm just like, let's just do it the slow, boring, but effective way. Yeah.
4: Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones
0: who get it done. So, what are the different types of funds like the target and date funds, or the, you know, what, let's say, like if somebody is trying to figure out the best ones for them?
3: right so i mean so this you'll see like for me because i have kids when i sign up for their 529 accounts you can invest in a time-based fund where the investment changes to how it's diverse whether it's stocks and bonds changes over time based on when they need the money for college so what if college is further away or your retirement is further away you could be a little bit more aggressive up front so the portfolio mix may be skewed more to equity than it is to bonds, which is more less risky. Mm. And then as you get closer to needing the money, so closer to the target date of using that fund, then it switches maybe to a more conservative way in which it's held. And so that's more of a target date fund. There is a date at which the fund, you you are expecting to need it. And so it adjusts for your risk Mm -hmm. as you go along. The index funds are more just it it just indexes to a market or index, and that could be different. I mentioned the S and P five hundred, or you know, and a lot of these brokerage companies they have their own like Vanguard has their own index fund, Fidelity has their own index mm-hmm. fund, that still t- tracks the same market, and they're low cost because you don't need someone managing the money for you. Right. So typically, if you go to a financial advisor or you're trying to beat the market, you have a you know someone managing that money and you have to pay them to manage that money these low-cost index funds or versions of it that's it's automatic so that's why the fees are so low and then you don't have to pay someone overhead to manage it because it's literally adjusting as with the market
0: so you don't do like day trading oh no i mean i know people who
3: do i know people who do and you know i just think it's I, I call that, so the the, the nice or the hmm, flashy, <laughs> fun, exciting <Yeah>. things, <laughs> for a lot of people, that's you do not start there. No, That is the extra. That is the icing on the cake once you are financially sound. So many people are already not even just investing in their 401k or have a Roth IRA, which is an after-tax investment, mm-hmm. where they can do the simple thing, like take care of the simple thing first, and then become... Then do the risky stuff if you have extra money, right? But like, don't jump to that as your first thing you need to do. And unfortunately, you know, social media (laughs) and it's a lot of scammy things happening where people want to show you that you can get rich quick or, you know, you don't have to wait so long. Like, So when I say, okay, investing to financial independence, depending on how much you have to invest, can take 15 years, depending on your starting point. That doesn't seem as exciting versus, oh, I can, you know, someone can get a return of 20 percent doing this thing. And they try it that way instead when it's like you don't have the money to risk to do that. So, you know, the basics allow you to be more than basic. (laughs) So I just say stick with the basics and learn that way first before venturing into any of the other fancy stuff that usually is not worth the time and effort or money or fees that it costs.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of fees and a lot of people who are like I'll do all of this for you and then charge you an arm and a leg and you don't even get the this to see the the interest or the <laughs> dividends or anything from it. Doesn't it just cancels each other out.
3: Right. Right. I mean, and, you know, day trading and things like that. Again, I have people who, you know, teach courses on that that I know of. And for them, you know, it's a form of income. It's not how they're actually investing in like their way to financial right. independence or retirement. It's just the extra way that they try to make money. But to inv- if you're already on not on track for retirement, meaning you're not investing anything or you don't know what's going to happen to you in 20 30 years because you haven't started yet like that is what you should focus on first to get on track or at least to start and the reason why I say the journey to financial independence it's you can't fail is because let's just say you know you're listening to this and you just calculated quickly your fi number your annual expenses times 25 and it gives you like some crazy number like let's just say a million or two million and you're just like wait a second and but you say to yourself you know but I want to reach that I think I can do it in 20 years even if you know I invest and do this the slower way. Let's say in 20 years, after your best efforts, after life happens, after some starts and stops, you don't have a million, you have 300,000. But if you didn't start this journey, you would have nothing because you wouldn't have known to do any of this stuff. Is that really failing? Like that's better than, you know, a majority of people who have nothing. And so that's why I say this starting it is, you you can't lose. And not only just because of the numbers, but of the person you have to become to make progress. Like you have to have more confidence in yourself. You have to, you know, if you want to start a business or ask for more money, ha- be able to do that. And so think about what that takes for someone who's not used to doing that. Right. So it's almost like this building of yourself that happens as you become, you know, more financially sound and you go through the stages. And it's that a hundred dollars paid mm-hmm. off of debt that, you know, you, you didn't have before that allows you to have more confidence and just more ability on
0: the journey. Yeah. And it's like you said they make it seem more complicated than it is. It is scary because you're you're putting your money somewhere other than a savings account, but on the flip side, putting it just in a savings account is not going to benefit you. But it is scary cuz you no. mostly just kind of let money happen yeah. to you. You don't really do anything active with it other than sort of spend on what you need you know what you need to spend on so i get it because you're like if i fuck up i'm just in as a a regular idiot (laughs) like so are a lot of people right well
3: that's the thing that's what i get like i guess and so it's like i get it like i understand the hesitation Mm -hmm. i call you know your investment accounts and these accounts it's invisible wealth in a way it's like invisible Mm -hmm. money because the money that we can use, if you're lucky enough to have extras and you can use it on more discretionary items, you want to you want to enjoy your money, right? That's part of the journey. It's like also you want you don't want to live it in deprivation. Right. And so I have something else in the book called guac lifestyle levels because, you know, I, there is a difference between the way people want to live and not everyone likes guacamole, but mm-hmm. I do. And so I created these levels to kind of show, OK, are you more at a guac level one, which is super frugal? You don't need a lot of money or to spend a lot of money, which means your FI number would be a lot lower versus walk level five which is you know very luxurious or you're spending a lot and need more money Mm -hmm. and understanding where you fall in that spectrum allows you to be more realistic about maybe why things are taking you longer than you want them to because you're currently living your life and you rather be able to have the nice car or pay for certain things versus putting more into your investment accounts and so I think it's really important to understand like your desired lifestyle and the opportunity cost of spending in the now versus not in the later. But, you know, I get why people don't want to or can't. So there's a don't want to and can't. You know, I definitely feel like there are some people who this is such a privileged conversation because they don't have additional money to invest at all because they're just making it. And if that like I understand that. And so. Some of this is going to be more of just focusing on income. And, you know, that might take some time for someone, which is OK. And there's a lot of things, like you said, outside our control. There's policy changes that need to happen, like, you know, minimum the minimum wage needs to increase. There's so many things that we cannot account for or do on right. our own. And so it's like, where are we now? What can we start working on that's in our mm-hmm. power? And, you know, for me, I'm like, I'm not waiting for the system to change. I have to do something for myself and my family so that we can be okay. And my journey or my, at least my mom, at least starting the journey those decades back showed to me what that could look like coming here, not having anything forging forward at such a young age. And I'm like, and I, and, and I have so much more privilege than she did. Like I have to do something else. I have to be better with my money so that I can put my kids in a better position and, and have a better starting point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so funny when you hear different people's stories about how their parents did or did not instill anything in them. And it seems like your mom and your grandmother instilled things in you that didn't necessarily give you like a a terrified scarcity mindset, but did help you feel like, okay, saving is important, which, you know, you don't, It you just don't, Get enough financial education at a young age. So, for you to be like, well, why am I not retired by 30? It's like some people are (laughs) like not even thinking about that until they're like, I have a 401k. What?
3: Right. I don't, yeah. I think, you know, again, it was a combination of things that made me, even when I, you know, I mentioned that I was able to buy my first condo at 22. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I knew that was possible or something that I should do is because. When I was in my neighborhood growing up, I met, you know, another parent. I was so young then. I was in in my teens. Mm -hmm. But they were a grandparent of a kid that was on my little sister's swimming team. And they talked about these houses that they owned in Brooklyn, like these brownstones. And I didn't know about real estate that much back then. But my grandmother did end up being able to buy something in Brooklyn. And so those were like the first in-person, like, wow, meeting people, doing things I didn't know were possible or something that people did it sparked something in me and I said and I'm a very curious person I call it the hyperlinks in the book because uh, we all have hyperlinks so you know how you read something and there are highlighted words and you, online and you click it, it takes you somewhere mm-hmm. else and somewhere else and so I tend to click on the hyperlinks not all of them in my life meaning if I hear something that's interesting or someone I overhear something or see something I I'm, I research it or I go deeper and for me it's It's realizing that this thing is possible. Someone else did it. Maybe I can do it too. So that kind of mindset, I think, is mostly because of my mother and watching her do what she did over the years. But I think it's something that most people can learn. It takes work. But that's why mindset and the mindset work and who you believe you are and what you believe you're capable of is so important. Because if you don't believe you can earn more or that you don't deserve to earn more, Or that you don't have control over your spending, barring all like emotional and mental things that, you know, are outside of your control that you may need Mm -hmm. help with, then you won't start or you won't try to make the changes because you don't believe in yourself. And, you know, that is where I'm like, let's start talking about the mindset work and habit work that makes all these other things that we Mm -hmm. want possible.
0: Yeah. And I mean, look, I've talked about this on the show, but. I, I did have investments that I went through a very harrowing breakup with was financially decimating and I had to pull those investments and I'm like starting over and it is like extremely frustrating and it's like, you know, but like if it happened once, you got to believe it'll happen. it, it it could, you know, you could build that up again. If you got it once, you got to (laughs) believe that it could, you could do it again. Yeah.
3: And but and see see, something like that, like it would be it is understandable any hesitation or negative emotions. I mean, you had a real life experience that Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that you physically and also in your bank account saw the results of something happening. Right. So it's just that. You know, it's, I have, so I met this lady, I have like this little uh, book launch team and I invited some of my community into it. And so there's a range of people and there's a 76-year-old woman in the group and she came up, we, we had like a Zoom mixer to get to know each other. And everyone was in awe of her because she talked about having to restart like three times wow. in her life. And most recently because of her husband passing away. And here she was on this call, 76-year-old with us at varying ages, talking about starting over and i was just like now talk about i have no excuse not to want to to start again or try again because she had all the optimism despite having all those setbacks in her life and i was just in awe of her and so i just think there's so many people who also are experiencing what you're experiencing Gabe and or have and it's just like either they have their further ahead or just experiencing it and it's so inspiring when i come across like and meet people who had the guts to start again, or even are don't know that they should start again, but are contemplating it and that they do. Because, you know, I have grace for that. and But I know that it can be turned around at any point. It always can be. I appreciate
0: that. Well, thank you so much. Where can people find you and your book? Yes,
3: yeah, so Your Journey to Financial Freedom, A Step-by-Step Guide to Achieving Wealth and Happiness. It is available everywhere on December 5th. You can buy it by going to yourjourneytofinancialfreedom.com. There you can see all the places to buy it, bookshop.org, Amazon, Target, you know, all the local or online retailers, your local bookstore. And you can follow me at journey Bad with Money launch. with Gabe I'm Shane Dunn is a production of Noted
0: Bisexual, produced so by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Oh. Print Productions, this is, edited um, by Diane King, post-production sound uh, by Coco Lorenz and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin and Jack Dolgen as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye.